This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. The 2021 Positional Preview Series continues with me talking about the tight end class. College football is pushing towards start. We've had some, you know, games last weekend. We've had some smaller games this past weekend, but the big time programs start next weekend, you know, and then in a couple of weeks, the SEC scheduled uh, to get it going. So here at Saturday, Sunday, we're going to continue to push through with our preview series. If you missed the three previous podcasts, we did one show breaking down the 2021 quarterback class. We talked talent, strengths, weaknesses, developmental areas. I did. I gave my rankings. I gave my tiers. And then the previous two episodes, we talked about the r- deep running back position so tonight we're gonna we're gonna talk some tight ends, and then the final two uh, preview shows are gonna be about the 2021 wide receiver class as well, and then potentially uh, we're gonna have one episode where we get into it talking about the NFL rookies before the NFL season starts, and then we will you know get back into our more traditional season shows where you know we have the you know, the Debbie slant, we have the NFL draft report, you know, we have the NFL rookie report, you know, cause it does sound, you know, hopefully that uh, we're going to have football here in terms of the NFL and in terms of a lot of college teams playing as well. So tonight we're going to talk some tight ends and I'm excited about this tight end class. This tight end class has me a lot more excited than the previous tight end class that we just finished talking about for the 2020 NFL draft. So there's a lot of names here. I think overall, this it's a very strong year. You know, this past year, no tight ends in, in round one. I think next year we have a legitimate chance to have two tight ends, maybe even three. But I would I would say there's a very strong likelihood that there's two tight ends next year in the first round. So right away, that makes it a very intriguing class. So again, as towards the end of the show, I'll share my ranks. I'll share my tiers. But when we go through just talking about tight ends here, I'll mostly just do it in terms of alphabetical order. So let's start right at the top. You know, the first guy I want to talk about, we talked about him last year on the positional preview shows. And then during the season, thought he might come out last year. And that's Matt Bushman out of BYU. He's a senior, 6'5", 245. Last year, he caught 47 passes for 688 yards and four touchdowns. There's components of his game that I like. I like his size, his athleticism, his speed, the body control, his hands, his length. You know, his overall ball skills shows the ability to go up and high point the ball, adjust to passes, and he's been a very productive tight end uh, at the collegiate level. You know, to me, he shows his frame. I think it had a little bit more weight on it. I think his route running is functional. I think he shows some separation quickness. I would, I would say it's probably about average. Same thing with his play strength and hands. To me, the areas of development that I, I want to see are he's got to show that at 6'5", 245, he can – 
hold the point of attack better and he can block better. You know, his overall blocking techniques, I think, need improvement. I think there's some route running refinement and he's got to show an overall expansion of his route tree to really be successful at the next level. To me, I think we're looking at a guy who's a depth or complementary tight end, but he does have good receiving skills and does have the size and frame to maybe add more weight so he could hold up in line. Uh, I think I said, I, I, I look at him and think he is more of a day three, round five to round seven type prospect. So that's kind of where I sit on Matt Bushman right now. The second tight end I want to get into is Nick Eubanks out of Michigan. He's a redshirt senior. He's 6'5", 256. Last year he had 25 receptions for 243 yards and four touchdowns. So there's components of his game. Obviously, you'd like to see more production than that. He's got some route refinement he needs to do, overall improving of his route techniques. He's got to expand his route tree. You know, blocking is something that he has to show better techniques. He's got to, you know, show that he can hold the point of attack in line. But overall, there's some components of Nick Eubanks' game that I do find very interesting. He's got the ideal size and frame at 6'5", 256. I think he's got pretty good athleticism for a man his size. I like his overall movement skills. He's got the length and catch radius to show that he can, you know, catch the ball away from his body and, you know, extend to make a catch. I like his body control. To me, he's got some separation quickness. I would say it's probably average to above average. He shows some ability after the catch. So he's a willing blocker, but he's got to improve overall blocking. But I do am intrigued by him that if we do get a Big Ten season at some point, Nick Eubanks is a guy that I'm excited to kind of see, you know, if he takes the, the, a step up this year. Right now, I think he's a depth to complementary tight end, maybe can develop into a number two if his blocking can improve. I think he's another day three guy, uh, you know, but he's a guy that I think has some unknown upside to his game a little bit more. I think at this point we know who Matt Bushman is you know, as I spoke about him a few minutes ago, I think Nick Eubanks has some untapped upside that makes him a little bit intriguing. If we get a season this year, you know, out of Michigan and we, and we watch him play. If we take this to the next player, uh, Luke Farrell, out of Ohio State, he's a redshirt senior. He's 6'6", 250. Last year, he only caught seven passes for 119 yards and two touchdowns. So obviously, production is a concern here at the collegiate level. He's not a guy who has much speed or separation quickness. You know, route running is is an area of development. Not going to be a guy who does much after the catch. What he does bring to the table, though, he's got ideal size and frame. He's a good blocker, good play strength, good toughness. I would say his athleticism and movement skills is probably functional at best. To me, he is a guy, he's a depth tight end who could develop into a number two tight end as an inline blocking tight end at the next level. I think he's also a a day three, you know, round five to round seven type prospect, you know, for a team looking for more of a traditional blocking tight end, uh, not really asked to do too much in the receiving game. Next up is Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. He's a redshirt junior. Some people really were excited about him last summer, thought that he could even come out after his redshirt redshirt sophomore season, but he's back at Wisconsin, 6'5", 246. Last year, he caught 33 catches for 407 yards and two touchdowns. Again, interesting to see when, if we have a season in the Big Ten. There are some things about Ferguson I like. I like his overall size. His hands are very good. He's a good route runner for a tight end. I like his overall ball skills. It shows the ability to extend high point the ball. He's got good length. 
Uh, he's got to improve his blocking like a lot of these guys holding the point of attack, playing in line. I think it's questionable at best if that can translate to the next level. I don't think he's a guy that wows you with his athleticism. I would say it's probably average to above average functional. His, his athleticism, uh, his ability after the catch, his play strength, you know, and even his production a little bit, you know, this past year, you know, only two touchdowns. You'd like to see a little bit more improvement in that regard. But I really do like his route running. I like his understanding of route concepts, knows how to create space at the catch point. He can win contested catches. You know, so there is things about his game that I like. I think he's a complimentary pass catching tight end who could develop into a starter if asked to be predominantly in a pass catching role. I think he's a versatile player. I think he can, you know, play detached off the line of scrimmage. He could be a move tight end. He could be a little bit in the slot. He could be an H-back. So there's a lot of different things you can do with Ferguson. I kind of put him on that late round three, round four border. That's kind of where I see him as a late day two prospect, uh, you know, early day three. So somewhere, you know, in that range probably of the, the back end of round three to somewhere through round four. If we keep this going, uh, next guy I want to talk about is one of my favorites in the class, and that is Pat Fryer moved out of Penn State. He's a junior. He's 6'5". He's 250 pounds. People have brought up Gronk comparisons uh, since he basically stepped foot at Penn State. Last year, he had 43 catches, 507 yards, and seven touchdowns. In terms of what I like about his game, it, there's a lot. His his overall size and frame, his, his athleticism for 6'5", 250, and movement skills are very impressive. His length, his body control, he shows the ability to adjust and high point the football. He wins contested catches. He's a good blocker, tight end. You know, his overall play strength, his hands, his red zone ability, and his overall ball skills, I think are all strengths. I think in terms of functionality, I think he's functional average to above average in terms of his separation quickness, his overall speed, his route running, his agility after the catch, and his overall blocking techniques. A couple things, and and they're nitpicking, but a couple things that I'd like to see developmental areas and him work on, continue to refine his route running techniques and to expand his overall route tree. Right now, at college, I think he could just win with his size and frame uh, because it's so much greater than, you know, hit the, the people covering him. He's a mismatch nightmare at the collegiate level because, you know, linebackers can't keep up with him because he's too big, uh, you know, and faster than them. And then DB struggle with him also because he just outmuscles them. So he creates a lot of mismatches at the collegiate game. So he is, I think, on the, the fast track to be one of the top two tight ends in the, in the class next year. I think he's ticketed for, for round one uh, next year in the draft. I think he could play inline. He could play detached. He can, you can move him around in motion. He could be a red zone wide receiver. You know, this is an immediate, I think, starting tight end as soon as he's drafted into the NFL. So, you know, lot to like about Friar Moat. Next guy I want to talk about is out of SMU, and that's Kylan Granson. He's a redshirt junior, 6'3", 235. This guy's all about his quickness, athleticism, separation quickness, and movement skills. I love his ability after the catch to make things happen. He's a yak guy. He shows the ability to adjust and high point the football, even at six foot three. I like his overall body control, his ability to adjust, the ball skills that he shows, his overall production at SMU, and his versatility in his hands. You know, he could he could continue to work on, I would say, that his route running is probably about average. His size obviously leaves a little bit to be desired in terms of his overall height. You know, not going to be a guy who wins contested catches regularly. But when he shows the ability to, I think he's, I think he's probably average in it. Uh, 
developmental areas is frame. You know, 235 is a very small frame for, for a tight end. His overall blocking, you know, needs a lot of work holding the point of attack, level of competition, obviously could inflate these numbers a little bit. But to me, he is a very versatile offensive weapon. He can be used in motion, detached, a slot. He can be out as a wide receiver. You can even create manufactured touches like jet sweeps, end the rounds and touch passes and just get him the ball in space. To me, he's a complimentary tight end used in a pass catching role exclusively. So right now, I like his game. I'm intrigued by the the skill set that he brings to a table. Uh, I think he's a tight end too, in term, you know, with, with upside. You know, so he's a guy that intrigues me uh, at the next level for sure. Next up uh, out of Indiana is Peyton Hendershot. He's the redshirt junior. He's six foot four, two fifty five. Very productive tight end season last year uh, with fifty two receptions, six hundred and 22 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, I like his size and his frame. He's got good length. His catch radius is impressive. His hands, you know, he can catch the ball away from his body, which is is nice to see. I've already talked about the production, and he's got some versatility to his game as well. You know, I would probably say average to above average is his uh, athleticism, separation, quickness, and movement skills. You know, his, his long speed ability after the catch. I'd probably say they're all about average, you know, his route running. I think to me, you know, some developmental areas, he's got to show he can at six four two fifty five. he shows he's got the size and frame, but he's got to improve his blocking uh, techniques a little bit. He, he's a serviceable blocker, but I think he could, if he cleans up his techniques a little bit, he could even be a better blocker. He's had an off field incident, uh, you know, that, you know, something that could hinder his draft stock a little bit as well, potentially or at least, you know, bring up some question marks. To me, he's a depth to complementary tight end that could develop into a number two tight end on a depth chart in the future if his blocking develops to hold up in the NFL to match his receiving capabilities. I think he could play it. that versatility I talked about. I think he can line up in line. He can be detached. He can use him in motion, and you could also use him as an H-back as well. Uh, I think we're talking about another Dave Free type prospect uh, probably in that round five, round six area is probably where right now I would say Hendershot's value is. If we keep this going with Brevin Jordan, uh, out of Miami, he's a junior, six foot three, two forty five. This is, I would say, in most people's top three. Some people might have him number one. For me, he's number three. I'll give my full rankings and tiers a little bit later. Uh, but there's a lot to like of Brevin Jordan. You know, he's 35 receptions last year, 495 yards and two touchdowns. So his production wasn't as as good as, you know, some of the other top tight ends. But, you know, his skill set is really tantalizing, I think, for NFL teams. His athleticism, uh, very good to great overall athleticism, movement skills, his speed. You can see it during his routes, his ability to attack the seam and his yak ability in the open field. I love his quickness and agility. I love the length and catch radius. Even at 6'3", he plays bigger than that. His length, his catch radius, he combines that with good body control, ability to adjust to passes you know, away from his body. His size and frame, I would say, is just average at best for a tight end. think are average but 
He's got some developmental areas, so that's why I have him down at third in the tight end rankings because unlike Friar Moot and another guy I'll talk about in a little bit, I think he's just got some more areas of development that I'd like to see him improve upon, and if so, he could really catapult right to the top uh, of this. So his blocking, his blocking techniques, holding the point of attack, he's got to improve his overall route running, expand his route tree. He's had some inconsistency with drops, so I'd like to see his, you know, him improve in terms of his hands. So there's a handful of things that, you know, I think Jordan could get better at, but, but his overall skill set is something that really is going to intrigue the NFL teams. To me, he's a starting tight end or in year one or by year two, predominantly used in a pass catching role. So that's kind of what I think of Brevin Jordan. He's a guy that could really be an offensive mismatch as a pass catching tight end. I think you can line him up in the slot. He can be detached. You can play in line a little bit if you just kind of ask him, you know, mostly to, you know, not hold the point of attack too long, but again, then get into his routes. I like him in motion a lot. There's a lot to like about Brevin Jordan's overall game. I think in terms of the fantasy spin, I think he's an immediate tight end too, an upside develop into a mid to high tight end one in a few years due to his overall athleticism and pass catching skills. So Brevin Jordan really intrigues me, you know, in terms of his overall athletic package and his potential pass catching proudness at the next level. And it's just overall, you know, his ability to be a mismatch, I think is what would really intrigue NFL teams. Next guy I want to talk about is Charlie Collar out of Iowa State. He's a redshirt junior. He's 6'6", 252, really productive season last year, 51 receptions, 697 yards, and seven touchdowns. There's a lot to like about his game. He's in my top five. I like his overall size and frame, his length, his catch radius. He shows good hands. He shows the ability to adjust and high point the football, his body control, you know, contested catches. He just knows how to create space at the catch point and then win those contested catches. I love his production and his red zone capabilities. I think his athleticism and movement skills and separation quickness are probably about average to above average for a guy his size. You know, same thing with his yards after the couch ability, his route running. Uh, I think he's average to above average, also play strength, physicality, toughness, and blocking. You know, so he does a lot either functional or as a strength, you know, above average to good or better. Uh, some areas that I'd like to see him improve upon. I'd love to see him refine his route running a little bit. Uh, same thing in terms of his blocking techniques. I think he could show some refinement there as well. Holding the point of attack when in line and just overall agility in the open field. There are a couple areas uh, where I think he can he can show some improvement. To me, he is a complementary to starting tight end, capable of being a complete tight end, contributing as both a receiver and blocker at the next level. You know, I think he can line up in line. He can be detached. You can play, you know, you can use him in motion a little bit. I think he's a day two type tight end. So I think round two, round three, I think he could come off the board and, and the NFL team is really going to be intrigued by his his completeness at the tight end position. And that we don't see too much of that. I think that's why Fryer would you know, arguably he'll be the first or second tight end off the board. He just does it at a higher level. Uh, so I really like uh, Kolar and his upside. If we keep this going, next guy I want to talk about is Brant uh, Keith out of Utah. He's a junior. He's six foot two, 235. So he's much more in that Kylan Granson type build. Uh, 34 reception, 602 yards and six touchdowns athleticism, movement skills, and speed. I would classify it in the very good to great 
uh, for a tight end position. You know, his agility, his yard depth to the catch ability, you could see it in his routes, you could see it in his open field. Uh, really impressive. I like his body control and his ball skill, shows the ability to extend and catch the ball away from his body. Uh, versatile to be used all, all over the formation, move tight end in the slot, a receiver, manufactured touches. Uh, so very similar to I talked about Granson. Uh, same thing about Brand Keith out of Utah. I'm I'm impressed with him. You know, obviously there's some things. His size and frame are very you know slender for the tight end position. He doesn't do much in terms of blocking or holding the point of attack. Uh, so there are areas where he needs to you know show some improvement in that regard. But an NFL team is not going to be drafting him to be their blocking and holding the point of attack. You're going to be using drafting him as an offensive weapon uh, who could really intrigue teams uh, in that regard. So that's something that uh, I think teams will be intrigued by him. I think he's a guy who probably goes early day three. So I would think round four, uh, but there could be a team that even likes his versatility, you know, and potentially even thinks about drafting him in, in the late part of round three as well. Next up, I uh, talked about, you know, two guys at the top that I really love, you know, even before Brevin Jordan. This is the second one, Kyle Pitts out of Florida. He's a junior. He's six foot five. He's 246. Last year, he had 54 receptions for 659 yards and five touchdowns. To me, this is very reminiscent of Darren Waller. That's who he reminds me of. Uh, he's got very good athleticism movement skills, his overall long speed, his yards after the catch ability. You see it in his route. You see it in the open field. I love his length, his catch radius, the ability to high point the ball and win contested catches. His overall ball skills, I would classify as very good to great. I love his ability to adjust to passes, catch the ball away from his body. He shows above average to good separation quickness and route running capabilities. So he really intrigues me at the tight end position. Uh, he could even add a little bit more weight onto his overall frame. His play strength is about average. His effort as a blocker is about average. Uh, developmental areas, yeah, similar to Brevin Jordan in terms of his blocking, blocking techniques, holding the point of attack. Those are areas that I think he has to improve. But I think he's a far superior pass catcher at this point than Kyle Pitts and almost same athleticism. So that's why I like Pitts a little bit more uh, than Brevin Jordan. Uh, to me, he's a starting tight end used predominantly off the line of scrimmage in a pass catching role. That's why I brought up Darren Waller. Uh, you know, so this is a guy who I think is going to go round one of the NFL draft next year. Really uh, intrigued uh, with Pitts. If we keep this going uh, to round it out of the 12 tight ends I've already watched and have full female, full film evals in the 2021 scouting notebook, uh, is Jeremy Ruckard out of Ohio State. He's a junior. He's six foot five. He's 250 pounds. You know, like Luke Farrell, he didn't put up a lot of stats. You know, last year he had 14 receptions for 142 yards and four touchdowns. Things that I like about his game, he was a highly regarded uh, recruit out of high school. His, I like his overall size. I like his frame, his athleticism, his movement skills. You know, his his speed, body control, ability to adjust and high point the football, his length, his catch radius. There's a lot to like about his overall game. Uh, he shows some yards after the catch ability, 
separation quickness, his play strength, but he's he's got to add more production. I mean, that's the biggest thing. His overall level of production and opportunity, we just haven't seen it enough to consider him, you know, a, a top prospect yet for the NFL. He's got to show growth in terms of his route running. Uh, he's got to expand his route tree, improve his blocking techniques. He's really all about upside. That's really, to me, he's a complimentary tight end with the upside to develop into a starter if he continues to develop. He could be used in line, detach, motion. I think when push comes to shove, he could be a guy that is late day two or day three, but that's really drafting him based on upside. At this point, he's probably you know more of a day three uh, type player. Uh, who still could work his way up because of that upside that he offers. So if I kind of share, you know, those are the 12 guys. And and like I said, I'm kind of excited about a lot of them. And there'll be some other guys that kind of trickle in throughout the year that, you know, I'll continue to add to the Scotty Notebook. We'll talk about them a lot here, you know, on air and stuff like that. You know, but it really, it really is an intriguing tight end class uh, for sure. You know, if I kind of look at my ranks, I would probably say I have tier one is three guys, and that's Pitts. Kyle Pitts uh, is my number one tight end in the class. Pat Fryer moved his two, and then Brevin Jordan is three. I do think almost you could separate them into the top two, and then Brevin Jordan in his own tier. But for, for argument's sake, I would say all three of them are tier one. I think they're all round one to early round two guys. So they, they, you know, I would just kind of group them into one big tier for right now. Uh, the next tier of guys, you know, I would probably have uh, almost probably Charlie Kolar is almost in his own separate tier for me. Cause he's the only other guy that I think is definitively a day two type prospect uh, and really a complete tight end. Then I'm kind of intrigued by the two guys. The next tier would be uh, Brand Keith out of Utah and Kylan Granson out of SMU. I talked about them. Those are guys that you can manufacture touches for. They have capability to, to run like running backs and, and wide receivers. You know, so those guys are really versatile offensive chess pieces more than traditional tight ends. So they would kind of be, they're my number five and number six. They're kind of like in their own tier. Uh, and then after that, my next tier would probably be Nick Eubanks out of Michigan, Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin, uh, and Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State. I would kind of classify this as the upside tier. I think Eubanks has more and could could develop into a more highly thought of prospect. Same thing with Ferguson. And then I talked about Rucker there pretty recently. Uh, I do like Rucker's game uh, as a guy that, if he could put it all together, could kind of see his stock rise uh, into a re- really intriguing offensive weapon at the tight end position, but also with the size and frame to hold up in line. So that would probably be my next tier. And then my last tier uh, would probably have my 10 through 12 in it. And that would be Matt Bushman out of BYU, Peyton Hendershot out of Indiana and Luke Farrell out of Ohio state. I think Bushman and Hendershot are solid players. I think they're better collegiate players than they will be NFL prospects. I think they're both guys that could work their way into being a number two tight end uh, on a depth chart, but I think they're more probably round five, round six type prospects at the NFL level right now. And I think for uh, Luke Farrell probably gets drafted somewhere in that area as well, but probably more uh, for his blocking capabilities definitively than his overall pass catching abilities. 
So that's kind of that's kind of where my tiers right now would be just based on talent, not taking into account where I think they'll end up being drafted, not taking into account anything with fantasy or anything like that. Uh, but that's just my overall talent level in terms of my tiers. So it's an exciting class because you have Pitts and Fryermuth right at the top as two guys who I think definitively are going to go round one. I think Brevin Jordan could even push himself into the round one conversation, but I would say he's probably like a top 10, top 15 pick in the second round. And then I think Kolar also can get taken, you know, in round two or round three. So I think you have four locks for the first uh, first two days of the draft. And then I wouldn't be surprised to see another tight end or two kind of sneak into you know, somewhere in the mid to late part of round three, and whether it's one of those offensive chess pieces like Brand Kite or Kylan Granson, or we see Nick Eubanks or Jake Ferguson or Jeremy Ruckard, you know, if they get a chance to play this year, because they're all Big Ten guys, uh, if they get a chance to play, you know, one of those guys, I wouldn't be surprised to see kind of have a big year and develop their game more completely and be on the NFL's radar as early as round three as well. So it's an exciting class. It'll be one to follow closely here. Uh, You know, this year is going to be unlike any other. So hopefully you guys will stay tuned in here to Saturday to Sunday. Obviously, you know, we talk about these prospects year round, you know, once games really kick into high gear, obviously we'll be talking more, you know, about, you know, upcoming matchups, recapping things that happen, but really keeping the focus on evaluation of these prospects for next year's draft or some underclassmen for your Debbie, uh, Debbie leagues that you kind of want to get a leg up on these guys. And, and we'll be talking about them as well, but a lot of emphasis on the 2021 draft, you know, obviously as we get more into the the season, you know, we'll talk about guys who have decided to opt out. So what we have is what we, you know, what we've already seen is what we have. And and that's going to be the same thing for NFL teams. They're going to have to evaluate them without that final season under their belt, which is going to make some for some tricky evals, you know, and, and the next positional preview sheet preview shows we go to are going to be the wide receiver position. And that's really been the position that's been hit the most in terms of players opting out, like just off the top of my head, like, you know, you know, we know, you know, Rondell Moore, you know, decided to opt out. We know Jamar Chase decided to opt out. We know, you know, Rashad Bateman decided to opt out. So right there, you're talking about, you know, three, you know, you know, sleeper, you know, you know, they're my top three wide receivers in this class. And all three of them, you know, decided to opt out and not play this year. So, you know, we'll talk about that, you know, when we really get into the wide receiver prospects. But hopefully you stay tuned to Saturday to Sunday. Uh, the new, the next set of notebooks will soon be released once they are available for purchase. You know, we'll do a short podcast kind of talking about the introduction of the notebooks again. Uh, obviously, there'll be a lot of stuff on Twitter about it as well. But it's really going to be a great resource to have all year at your disposal that's constantly updated. So, I mean, it turns into a full offensive draft guide. You know, it's a way to, you know, quickly look at, you know, an eval right up you know if you're watching games on saturday you know especially you know just to kind of get a leg up and prepare so many great draft products come out you know in the pre-draft months getting you ready for the draft but the unique thing here saturday sunday is you know we've already done full evals on all of this and then it's a you know a breathing living document that we make changes to you know throughout the season after the season you know in terms of you know, how these players change in terms of our opinion on them in terms of watching their film. So hopefully you consider purchasing the notebooks if you never have. 
uh, once they're available uh, for the next set of prospects here. So on behalf of our Send and Tech engineer, David Nicano, and my co-host, Matt Caraccio, thank you for joining us. And we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.